This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Flat Out Farno, you're Laddie H, host of Flat Out Pride on your Free FM dial. If you're a Waikato local with an idea for your own show, Free FM would love to hear from you. Check out our website, freefm.org.nz, or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. And this week we have the sad news of the Taranaki Congress has been cancelled. But there is faith because the Matamata Open is still alive and kicking with 33 pairs registered so far, Barry. That's sad about the New Plymouth Bridge Club and all the effort that they've been doing? Yeah, I spoke to Colin Carrier today. I sort of ring him to see if he would perhaps come on the show. I think he's in a state of deep depression. Is he drinking plonk, is he? <laughs> just about, just oh. about. No, he's, uh, I think he said while it was happening and they were trying to decide whether they could try and maybe get it in a reduced format or something or run something, it, it was all okay. But when it was finally all canned and sort of the reality has sunk in, I think all of the organisers put so much work into it, even the people who had dealt all the cards and you know organised the venue and figured yeah. out what food they were going to have and all that sort of stuff, had it all sorted, and then for it to be shot down at the last minute like it was, was pretty gut-wrenching for everybody. So sad. It's impacted... How many people? Well, I noticed there was something like 86 tables, wasn't it? Oh, my and goodness. The, um, pairs, that was probably 400 players that were going there for the various events. Mm. Pretty sad stuff. Once Colin had run out of his box of tissues, I sort of said to him, maybe it's too early to ask, is there any chance that you'd consider doing it all again next year? Well, he didn't rule it out, Mariana, but maybe it wasn't the best time to ask him, even though I'm sort of noted for my diplomacy, as you know. Goodness me. You can't even resurrect it in any other month this year, could you? There's no chance of it happening anywhere outside that time. One of the reasons, perhaps, why people think it was so successful in attracting entries, even though they never got to run it, was the Gold Coast Congress wasn't on. Mm -hmm. There's already some talk that the Gold Coast Congress may be cancelled for next year as well. Wow. From what I could glean from Colin, if the Gold Coast Congress was cancelled, there's probably a better chance of the Taranaki one going ahead. Oh, this jolly COVID. When will we get back to normality, Barry? I don't know whether we'll ever be back to what we were before. We can hopefully get back to a bit more bridge than we had in 2020. Mind you, talking to Larry Cohen, we're lucky we've got what we've got. I know. Isn't it funny how fast we get used to being back to a fairly normal life? Yeah, and we forget that there's people in other parts of the world that have got nothing sitting at home, playing Mm. a bit of bridge on the computer and thinking that's all there's going to be for the next few months. That is so true. Well, guess what? I've been invited to go online on Thursday for a bit of a game, so I'm going to do that with some Auckland friends. Well, that's good. 
You won't have to worry about any viruses. You'll be all fine. You'll be sitting at home in the comfort of your lounge. That's right. You can even have your husband running around after you, getting you something to eat and drink while you're playing. And won't be wearing a mask at home? <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah, there's definitely some benefits in being able to play in your lounge. Okay, so the Hamilton Bridge Club, they cancelled the Wednesday night session for the senior open grade instead of not playing next week. They have cancelled this week, and it was the only session to be cancelled. Yeah, it was sort of interrupted their program a bit. They were having a three-night Swiss pairs because so many players were going to be away in Taranaki. They decided, well, we won't play on the 10th, a bit like we do when our National Congress is on. Mm-hmm. So when all of a sudden those players were going to be back, and also this Wednesday, of course, people were going to be impacted by being in Level 2, I guess they are hoping that perhaps next week we might be back to Level 1, fingers crossed, so we'd can this week instead of next week. Just a little tweaking of the schedule is all it was. Hey, and we're pleased to let you know, listeners, that the email is like Frankenstein. It is alive. Wahoo! What is it, Mariana? I'm going to get you to announce it this week. <laughs> BridgeZoneShuffle at gmail.com. So you can start firing in those emails because, like I said, it is alive and working. Yep, we'd love to receive them. Even a couple of lines just to let us know that you're alive or that you heard us or that you're, you're warm and breathing. <laughs> Send it in to BridgeZoneShuffle at gmail.com. Let's head off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge Julie. I've got a question for you, and that question is, why should we become a director? It's a good question. At times you sort of feel like, why on earth would you ever want to? Um, (laughs) And I'm sure that happens to people right across the board. One of the things about directing and about teaching bridge is you can enthuse people and you can help them and you can get them to enjoy what is a great game to play and gives us enjoyment and challenges and so many things in our lives. And you also get to know the rules of the game, which is more than a lot of people do. We always require people to volunteer their help. In New Zealand in particular, we run the game by committees, by volunteers, and we ask a lot of people to volunteer about directing. It's really hard because people aren't that appreciative of being told that they've broken the rules or that they need to do this or they need to do that when they think they know better. And as a group of people, I would say that most of us think that we know better. We learn the rules, but we get to tell people how good it is. I remember when I directed at Congress and I liked to play at Congress. I thought that, you know, bridge is a great game for me to play, and absolutely it is. And I didn't know which I preferred, directing or playing. When I play, I play the same people all the time. We get to know each other really well. I get to play the people that are challenging and, and interesting, but I don't get to play the people that are learning that, are keen and that have got lots of questions. When I direct, I get to see them. So I think, first of all, I get a lot of enjoyment from the game and I can give it back by volunteering my time. But when I direct and when I teach, I get just so much more from the game. 
and we all have problems. I know when we went into the first lockdown and we had issues with people being concerned about ethics, and we had that at our first Congress as well, when people from across the country met each other and found different systems and different explanations and things that we weren't happy about, and you get fed up at times. But people are wonderful, and they are challenging, and they become friends for life. So I wouldn't trade directing for anything else that I've done with Bridge. I think it is an important part of the game. It is a joy to be able to do it most of the time, and certainly not all of the time. Is there a balance, like you you and Patrick uh, direct at a high level and also play at a high level, is there a balance where you think, oh, I'm actually going to direct that one, but I'd much rather play? How do you get that balance going? Oh, absolutely. We, we had it actually regularly with the Auckland tournaments, the mm-hmm. Easter Congress and the Queen's Birthday Congress, where we direct and we can't play. In the past 12 months, we've been directing, and I direct in Blenheim at times, top of the south. We haven't had time to play a great deal, and it has impacted more than it normally does. But there's one of those trade-offs, and we both enjoy directing tremendously. I would say that was probably one of the characteristics of the people that are the national directors and tournament directors, is that we enjoy the directing side of the game as well. But we would ask, all of us, I am sure, that at club level, when people are volunteering their time, and not just with directing, but your committee people, the people that do various things for the club, with their time, and they donate hugely, is that we treat them with more respect than we are actually seeing a lot of the time nowadays. I was speaking on the weekend with young Kevin Hugh, and he said that he's directing a lot more than playing at the moment. Yeah, and it's great to see him. And he has been wonderful. We had some problems at our tournaments the year before last, and he came in and he was superb help and so good to see, and he's keen and enthusiastic, and that's what we want to see. And it's a real shame if inexperience causes people to be less than polite or respectful to someone who is young and keen to learn. Jeremy Fraser Hoskin also is directing a lot, and he's facing that issue about should I direct or should I play. It is really hard, and it's a shame, because we really do want to see these people coming through and directing. We really do need them. Yes, well, our young chap that's in the Waikato here... William Harlow, he's actually doing our Waikato Area Peers Tournament, so we get to see him once a month. It is wonderful to see these younger group coming through. I think I was 27, 28 plus when I started directing the game. It is fantastic to see younger people coming through and doing that. Mm. Okay, well that's brilliant. We shall catch you next week. Okay, excellent question. Thanks. Okay. See you later. Let's go off to the pond. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. What's happening at the lily pad today? At the lily pad today, I've got another tip for the defenders. When you are following suit to a trick, play the lowest of touching cards. 
this is a great habit to get into. We've talked quite a lot about how defenders are trying to share information and help each other build up a picture of what's in each other's hand and therefore what's in the other hand, which is the clearer's hand. If you always consistently play the lowest of touching cards, then you can be relied on. This is great information for partner. So if you're following suit and you play the 10, then that means you don't have the 9, but you could have the jack. If you're following suit and you play the queen, it means you don't have the jack, but you could have the king. This is helping partner place cards in the clearer's hand. Wow, that's a pretty good tip. Well, it takes quite a lot of cooperation and trust with your partner, but I promise you it will pay dividends. I was surprised that when you were talking about those particular card examples that we weren't talking about like the two and the three and the little spot cards. Well, generally, you are trying to place the bigger cards. I mean, those are the keys to defending a hand, the bigger cards in the hand. It applies, if you like, height of card or strength of card you're playing. If you're always in the habit of playing the lowest of touching ones, that gives your partner a lot of information. You have to put the pieces together with that information, but if you don't have that information, it makes it very hard. And I always like to say... It's very hard to make good decisions based on bad information. (laughs) Yes. We're back to the life stuff again there, Mariana. We are, aren't we? (laughs) So how are the lives going in the people at New Plymouth with this Congress being cancelled? Well, our bottom lips are dragging on the ground a, a little bit. So much work went into it. I went to the club on Wednesday and there was Helen and Anne surrounded by box and boxes of doubt boards and them and and others had been working very hard to prepare things and Colin and Sandra and the rest of the committee, they worked very hard to get this Congress off the ground but that's the world we live in and you can just go forward can't you, I mean that's all you can do. The numbers were amazing too weren't they? Yeah, I'm hoping, I don't know whether they have plans to run it next year, but I'm hoping they do. The comment about barrier to speedos notwithstanding, it was going to be pretty cool at that venue. (laughs) It was, yes. I'm I'm not happy that I'm not missing out because a whole lot of people have just had their entire week hopes dashed and all those A points, goodness me. Oh, A points, just gurgling down the drain. Yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, look, I'm so sad that that has happened. And to all those people that you mentioned and the ones that you haven't, thanks so much for trying to get something put together. Really neat, neat effort. Yeah, maybe next year. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Boy, I'm super excited for you, Bridge Zone listeners. We reached out to our friend in Florida. That was because Barry was going to be in New Plymouth at Congress, and I was going down south, touring around, and then voila, level two hits the rest of the country. And as we had planned to already have a pre-recorded show for that week, we've just gone on ahead with it. And let me say, it's been great. Here's Barry introducing Larry. 
back by popular demand. We've got Larry Cohen, who's kindly agreed to come back on the show again. We got lots of favourable comments last time. We've got him back on with a few new questions. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Well, I guess good morning for you guys. There's always that big time difference battle, so we'll just overlook that. Okay. First of all, just wondering, what, has anything changed in your bridge world since we last talked? Well, I suppose since we last talked during COVID 2020, and we're still in COVID 2021, not too much has changed, unfortunately. We're pretty much, although I, you're interviewing me, but I want to ask you a question. I sure. hear there's some live bridge down there, whereas over here it doesn't seem to exist at all. We've been having face-to-face bridge for months now. How long, Mariana? Oh, yeah. seven months? Yeah, probably. We've had a sort of a minor little hiccup, lo- hiccup here just <laughs> recently where Auckland, our major city, has gone back into level three for a week. Here in Hamilton and the rest of New Zealand, we're still able to play some face-to-face bridge. Tournaments have been taking place. We are counting ourselves amongst the lucky ones, Larry. Yeah, well, I envy you because here, pretty much, we're still not doing anything like that. We certainly are not. I'm not doing any events with my students in person, and I don't expect to for at least another three, four months. So I guess the answer is no, not much has changed. What about the vaccines, Larry? Are they going to help you? (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes people think that could be a political issue, but for the (laughs) most part, everybody I know here in Florida who's over 65, which pretty much means everyone I know, since that's the circle I hang out with in the bridge world, they've all been vaccinated already, and I will get mine as soon as I'm eligible. I haven't made the 65 and over category yet. I'll be able to get it soon. Well, we have noticed some changes on your website. Larry, you've got another member in your team now, Kit Woosley. That's fantastic. Yeah, Kit is somebody who's always, in my mind, been a great bridge writer and theorist, and we had some requests for more advanced material, and I thought Kit would be great for that, so he's going to come on and do some webinars at a higher level than what I do, because most of my teaching is what we would consider intermediate. It's nice to have Kit there to handle the more advanced stuff. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kit. His writing is awesome, and he, he writes... I don't know how he manages it. He writes on bridge winners every every week or more often than every week. I just don't know how he keeps it up. I think he's amazing. Right, and he does all those studies on all these cheating cases. <laughs> he's a really a brilliant, has a brilliant mind for bridge and analysis. So, so I think he's going to be great. He's also really easy to read and listen nice. to. I think he's. I'm sure he'll be a great addition to your team, Larry. Well, we'll see. He's got my name on it, so he better be good. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Nothing like a little bit of pressure there. Right. If you were to pick a favorite book that you've written, Larry, what would you recommend to, well, first of all, a novice to junior player? Well, that's always a tough question for any author to answer. And, you know, you qualified it with the novice to junior because otherwise I would have said my favorite 52, which is a collection of all these deals from my whole life and it's like really wild exciting spectacular deals but it's not that's not for my typical audience so for newer players or you know less experienced players there's two ways to go there there's my series of larry teaches declarer play defense doubles opening leads you know each category but most recently I I think it was last year, in fact, 
wrote a series on the first four bids, like the opening, the response, the third bid, opener's rebid, and then the fourth bid. So I think that's probably what I would say I'm proud of for newer players. You know what I've found, Barry and Mariana, over there, maybe it's different, but here, the bridge teaching, people just have too many gaps in their basic knowledge. They don't know the basics, and I think any book that teaches the basics is a good idea. Yeah, I think maybe teaching is a bit of a hard gig, Larry, for beginners. And I think although you tell them stuff, it's hard to remember sometimes. I mean, the number of times I've heard beginners say, well, I've never heard that before. And you know perfectly well they, they probably have heard that before. But it's, it's <laughs> right, that's exactly true. And that's the problem, unfortunately, with bidding. It's somewhat, you just have to memorize what stuff means. You know, what does a one-club opening mean? What does it mean if my partner now, but it's a heart, and uh, it's not really, to me, the joy of bridge to have to memorize that stuff. Uh, to me, bridge is more about, you know, logic and having fun playing out the deal, but yeah, beginners, they need to know what the basic bits mean. By the time they've done 10 weeks or whatever they do, and then you go back to them and say, what does it mean if you open one heart and partner bids two hearts? Sometimes they struggle to remember that, and yet it's yeah, it was yeah, right at they, the outset. they get mixed up, and I have sympathy. And we, you know, when we were eighteen years old and we were in a university, maybe we could study something and remember it for the test in a week. But what do you do with people in their sixties or seventies who right, have to yeah. study something and then remember it eight weeks later? That's that's just not easy to do. So, actually, when you ask the question, you know, what does one heart, two hearts mean? You'll get about four different answers from the class <laughs> often you know it's 10 to 12 or it's some yeah. range that we've never taught them at all it is tough i think you're right once you get past 65 or 70 it's, it's hard to learn anything new and and bridge is really i've heard it described it's like trying to learn a language and it is really isn't it yes Yes, um, it sounds like you've been there and done that, so you know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm about to start that sort of era in my life. Larry, I'm going to be taking the lessons for the first time this year. Barry's been, how long have you been taking the lessons for the Hamilton Club? I don't know, it must be 15 years probably. Um, So I'm about to change my hats this year. You meet a lot of nice people when you take the lessons. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I mean, I just admire people trying to learn i mean it's just wonderful instead of just sitting on the the couch or the sofa and Mm. you know letting your brain degenerate it's great dipping it up a level larry so what would the book be that you'd recommend to say an intermediate player that's been around around a little while well intermediate i guess still maybe my favorite 52 is a little tough so even intermediate i think the larry teaches declare a play suit contracts and larry teaches declare a play no trump and Larry teaches defense. I think those are the main three. Because to me, once you know a few basics about bidding, I don't think it's worth studying and studying systems and conventions. I think it's more important to read about card play and declare and defense. So I would say those books that teach the basics of that are the ones I mm-hmm. am most proud of or most recommend. Okay, I reckon I know what's coming up for the next one because I've got my favorite 52 it's a very entertaining book and sometimes they're the ones i look for the ones that are entertaining more than the ones yeah. they're going to teach me what's the favorite book for a competitive player looking to refresh their defending skills 
Maybe the newest book, the one with David Byrd, you know, where it's kind of pairs of deals on defense, and I think there's 200 deals in the book, so probably oh. something like that would be good. What's that one called, called Larry? Uh, what it was? On the other hand. Great name for it, by the way. <laughs> well, I have to give David the credit for that. So. <laughs> You're hosting webinars online on your website, and one of them is called Our Eye. Top 10 Tips for Winning the Part School Battle. Can you give us an idea about what this series relates to? Well, I'm glad that caught your eye because it's something I really haven't done much of ever teaching, and I don't see much written about it, or I don't see teachers teaching it. Everyone's learning game bidding and slam bidding and conventions, and this series, which I'm actually finishing up this week teaching it, was on tips for fighting on the two and three level. And, you know, should they be pushing you to three hearts? Should you let them play it in three clubs? And these are everyday battles that occur when you go to play. So I just thought it would be a good idea to try to give a bunch of tips for knowing how to fight for the part score. So I've been doing that for three weeks now. I've gotten good feedback on it. Playing duplicate bridge, those part scores are almost what it's all about these days. Well, it is. And really, almost half of all deals are played in a part score, statistically. And I use a lot of golf analogies for my bridge teaching. And in golf, like everybody's trying to hit their driver and they work on that. And no one works on the like the little stuff like chipping and putting the short game, which is really important. And I was thinking that's a good analogy that you know, everyone's working on Roman key card Blackwood, but nobody ever works on what these two and three level doubles mean and how to push them up one level. And, and that's really a big part of doing well, especially at match points. You're right. You're saying drive for show and putt for dough, Larry. <laughs> is that what, is that what well, they say? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I'm, that's I'm not right. a golfer, by the way, but <laughs> you know. drive for show, put drive for show, put for dough, and I think there's just been very little written about or taught about fighting for the part score. So that's why most intermediate level players aren't very good at it. And I guess another way of looking at it, guys, that I've seen this that this is where the experts will thrive. If you have a match of say. 64 deals or however many number of deals, and they're all part score fights, the expert team's going to just win by a lot. There's a lot of luck involved in slams and games on a finesse, but if it's just a lot of part score deals, you will see that the good team just beats up on the inexperienced team. They'll win five imps, win six imps, win five imps, and same thing at match point games. You'll see that the good players just really thrive on those part score battles because they're good at it yeah that's probably true and i mean i guess the same thing happens i mean you play a lot over there um point of board teams they tend to win those battles too i guess yeah those are a big advantage to the the better players on those uh small contracts small swings well that was pretty cool listening to larry cohen again barry He's an entertaining guy, considering he's locked up. Yeah, and he's looking forward to getting that vaccine. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. If only he was a little bit older, he'd had it already. Hey, guess what, people? Last week I said that I was looking for some housemates. Yeah, how did you get on, Mariana? Were you inundated with offers? 
Well, I had a couple of people talk about it. I have had success, I guess. I have located two housemates that are going to come and share the batch by the beach with me. And the most special thing is, one of them is involved in the wine industry in some sort of way, Barry. Oh man, I'm already worried about this. I can just see you staggering down to Bay Park after another night on the turps. <laughs> no, it won't this be like not that. not going to help your mental edge of bridge where you're meant to be prepared for the first board. <laughs> it won't be anything like that. And thanks for listening, everybody. Have a Bye great now. week. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices. Or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.